Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have an incredibly special guest on. Someone that I met through my buddy Glenn Morshower. This woman is an unbelievably talented actress and a lot of other things. She's amazing. Her name is Kara Rayner. And you are going to love this woman. So do me a favor and share this out to all of your friends and family and stay with us. We will be right back. And we are back. Let me bring Kara on. Kara, welcome to the show. Hi, Ken. Thank you. I am really excited to be here. And also, I wanted to say welcome to Texas because I know you're in Texas now. And are you a Cowboys fan already? So, I've Glenn and I were talking about this last night. I've been a Steelers fan since I was seven. I know. I'm sorry. Well, they win a lot. They used to. (laughs) And, but I told him, I said, it's almost impossible to live in Texas and not take a liking to the Cowboys. No, it's, it's kind of a law. Yeah. My, my, my 12 year old daughter said, Hey dad, should we switch to the Cowboys? And I'm like, not (laughs) yet. We just got here a month and a half ago. Relax, sweetheart. So, um, no, but I, I, I like the Cowboys. They're kicking some butt. Yeah, they're actually looking pretty good right now. Um, yeah. My husband's uh, actually happy about that right now. So because usually he's <laughs> usually he's cranky. He's like, oh, they did this and they did that. But right now I'm like, oh, they're doing, you know, they're doing pretty good. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, Kara, I um, first off, I, I got to say that we both just starred in a movie together. <laughs> I'm just <Right>. kidding. <laughs> All right. I was the guy in the bowling alley next to you guys, but. Anyway, so yes. um, you and Glenn were in a great, great movie. We talked about, Glenn and I talked about it on air last night um, called Grumpy Old Santa. Yes. And um, and we had Jay Walters join us, which was fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, my gosh, what a, what a great time that was. For me, as a first timer on a movie set, I was like, this is unbelievable. And then I got to meet you. And I think you were even more excited about meeting me, which was crazy. Oh, I was very excited about meeting you. I've heard about the Ken Walls forever. And I've seen you on Facebook, of course. And you were right in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I was kind of blown away when I asked you, can we take a picture together? And you're like, I'd be honored. (laughs) So, so Kara, this, this show is, it's literally about helping people have a breakthrough in life. And I've found that by, you know, people sharing their stories, uh, Mm -hmm. their life stories that it there's healing in that for, for themselves and other people. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about where you were born and raised. Start there. Okay, sure. Um, I was born in Tyler, Texas. Um, I've been through uh, there. So in East Texas, 
<laughs> I drove and, right through there. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. And um, I grew up um, with a father who was incredibly talented. And um, he uh, was a very popular singer in Tyler at the time. And uh, he was a trained opera singer. And um, wow and just singer in general. And uh, so I grew up watching him perform and going to concerts. He was in, it was like every week I felt like we were going to a concert, uh, listening to him sing. And so that was something that I loved doing. And I started thinking, hey, I want to do that too. And- um, Wow. How, yeah. how old were you? Well, Honestly, there's recordings of me singing as early as three and four because I just, you know, we just sang as a family. My sister sang also with me. And um, so as early as that, I was creating little songs. And um, then as I got a little bit older, six, I started making, creating plays and forcing my sisters to be a part of that. And uh, so I, I had I had the bug pretty early. Wow. I, I always find it curious that you know, I, I, well, and oftentimes I'll even ask, like, what do you feel in childhood, um, like pushed you in the direction of what you became as an adult? And you, I didn't even have to ask. You just went there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And it's, it's interesting because, um, that definitely started all of it because I saw that I saw him on stage, people enjoying it and, um, and the love of that. And so just naturally, I got, I, you know, I had the love of that as well. And, um, later, I mean, I, the rest of my story that I definitely wanted to share because it definitely was a breakthrough was that I was so shy though. And uh, that was a huge, huge issue for me. Um, growing up, you wouldn't know it necessarily now. Sometimes I, sometimes I can be a little shy, but, um, I was so incredibly shy that, you know, I wouldn't raise my hand in class. I didn't talk to people. Um, and so therefore that kind of kept me from doing a lot of things. And, um, in school, uh, I, I honestly, I really did always want to be an actor. I really did. Really? I never told anyone. Yes. I really, really wanted to. And, yeah. but I was, uh, and you know, my family were like, okay, you're going to sing, you're going to play piano. I did all of that to voice lessons and piano lessons, classical piano. Um, and do you, uh, sorry to interrupt, but no, uh, yes. well, no, I'm not sorry. I'm interrupting on purpose. Um, <laughs> so, but what did you, did you start, I mean, do you sing opera? Did you start singing opera as well? No, I didn't buy that gift. Um, and, oh. but I never tried either. Um, but I did, um, sing in choirs and pop kinds of music, but mostly choirs. We were, my, my dad was, I wanted to be in the drill team kind of a thing. I was like, I want to be cool. Like the drill team girls, but I wasn't allowed to do that. I had to sing and take voice lessons and take piano. That was the wow. more classy thing to do. And <laughs> my dad would say, and, um, so, so no, drill I team's not classy. <laughs> classy. No offense to all you drill team. Oh, people. <laughs> I was so jealous of all of them. They were, they looked so cool doing their thing. Wow. Um, so no, I just trained, um, to be a singer. And so growing up, I thought, well, I guess I'm going to be a music teacher or something like that. But um, at the same time, then we start the shy story. And um, I really did want to be an actor. I never, I never said anything. And at the house, I would do things like 
do plays and and write things and wow. and create these stories in my head. I had all of these musicals that I was creating and I was going to, the whole neighborhood was going to be invited. And I always had these dreams and goals, but I was always too shy to do them. Wow. Yeah. But um, with the, the classes that my dad had me in, I still went after singing. I sang in school. I sang in choirs, did pretty well in competitions and that sort of thing and sang in a group called the the pop group at Tyler high school now called Tyler high school. And, uh, which was kind of a big deal to be in that you had to, you had to really know how to sing to be in that. And, um, but I was terrified. I was always terrified. And then finally my mom said, you really should try out for the community theater. And I was like, Ooh, that sounds so cool, but I'm, I don't have any clue what to do. And she said, well, there just happens to be an audition for Fiddler on the Roof and you know, the music director. So, uh, cause she had taught me voice lessons. So go and audition. So I did, and I actually got a backup role. I was a uh, backup for, um, the role of Hoddle for, there was a, another girl who got the role of Hoddle and I was going to be the backup in case she was absent or sometimes on Sundays. Cause she was a meteorologist. I think she was a meteorologist. This was a long time ago. I'm having to pull a lot of memory, but um, she ended up backing out like she couldn't do it. And so I got the role (laughs) and I was like, what exactly? I had that face. (laughs) (laughs) Is that, I don't, I I don't know that. Is it, is that a big role in that? that Um, It's, it's a really, it's a decent sized role. Yeah. Is that a musical or a play? Yes, fiddle. It's a musical. It's musical, okay. I mean, obviously, I've heard of it. I just, I don't think. Yeah, I've ever it's seen it. it's a good, good, good one. It's been around forever, but um, she all has a solo and um, oh wow, uh, a, a, other songs as well. And um, she's 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 one of the main characters. I would say the girls are the daughters are definitely a main our main characters. But um, anyway, I loved it so much. So I stayed in theater. I was comfortable there. Went on to school. Um, uh, University of North Texas majored in radio, television, film, minored in drama, but I was still so shy. I was like, I don't really, really know these. yeah, I just, I could not break out of it. It was really hard for me. And, um, who's watching. Hi, Jay. Oh my Jay. gosh. <laughs> I was just with him last night. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh my gosh. I love Jay. Um, but stop me if you want me to stop. But I, I mean, no, getting, keep going. This is beautiful. I'm getting to the point how I break through finally. Yeah. But um, honestly, once I, I got married, uh, graduated college, got married, I had my child actually before I got out of college, my first. And I kept in my back of my head, I was like, I really want to be an actor, but I don't know how. That's no, you're not. And here's the thing uh, I was so shy, but I also, um, had such low self-esteem. I just never felt like I was good enough to do that. I know it's okay. Yes. Ha, ha, let's back. I want to back, back yeah. you up here a little sure. bit. Let's go back to, cause you were in high school when you got the fiddler on the roof. I uh, no, roof? I was in college when, when I did, I didn't do theater until I was in college. Okay. So go back to high school for a minute. What okay. what were you do? Were you doing any? So you did no theater. You I, were I was you only in, on the drill team. No. <laughs> <laughs> were you a cheerleader ever? Please, no, no. Um, I was only I only did singing. I did singing my entire high school. I was in choir, and what? and then later, as you got older, you could be in the pop group. You couldn't do that till junior senior year. 
And um, so I did all of the competitions. I did all of those things. That's what I was doing. And um, and I I loved that a lot. I really did. I really loved singing and wanted to continue singing. But wow. I was watching the people acting and doing the, the dramas. And I thought that looks really cool. But not for me, because I'm not good enough to do that. I can sing. I've been trained singing, but I don't know how to take that step. And I never told anyone. Wow. And um, okay. so it wasn't until theater, until my mom said, you should try this. So, okay. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Is there anything that you, you can think of that you're like, this is why I was so insecure? Like oh, yeah. this one thing? Really? Oh yeah. I totally, I know exactly what it is. And wow. it was because um, I was always, <laughs> so it's, it's part of my story, but it's, 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 it's not really sad because it's just part of my story, but I was always the chunky kid. I was wow. really bullied in school hardcore bullied especially elementary school um and you so that's you where, were chunky yeah really yeah and so elementary school was brutal i was so it was really? i was teased relentlessly especially by boys usually not girls but especially by boys and my younger sister had to beat up a boy one time because he was so mean to me and um so she she was the tough one in the family <laughs> she was not afraid of anything Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. So that's where all of that started. And, um, you know, I just never complained. I, I, I went home and cried because I hated hearing it. And, but that's part of why I would sit back and not, I didn't want anyone to pay attention to me because I didn't want any, I didn't want to bring the attention to the chunky kid in the room. You know, I just wanted to be quiet, do what I needed to do and get through the day and get back home where I was safe. And, um, so that's where that shyness started wow yeah that's that's okay i yeah. i'm i it always starts with something and it's a story that we end up telling ourselves over that's and over oh, right? yeah that's that so, is it that is it so 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 you so you get to college your mom's telling you go try out for the and 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 you get the part mm -hmm. how did that go Oh, it went great. It went really great. Sure I took it to it instantly. And I, I was, um, I loved it. I loved, you know, memorizing. I loved being on stage, even though I was, a, I was very scared. I would get, um, backstage. I'd be like, oh, I'm so scared to get up there. But once I got up there, I loved it. And I was like, wow, once you get up there and you start getting into it, you really enjoy it. And the feedback from people, was really positive. You know, they, they enjoyed me in that role. They enjoyed my voice. I should keep doing it. And so, and so I did, I was comfortable at this theater in particular. I loved the people there. And so I stayed there for a couple of years doing their shows and then went on to university of uh, Texas had um, a, a drama department and I went over there and that's where I met my husband actually. And um, so he was um, in a in a play and I auditioned for a play because a friend wanted me to and got a part there. And so it just it kept it kept blooming, you know, until and then I went off to finish college in Denton. And that's when I didn't know anybody again. I got back into my little shell because I didn't know anybody in Denton and I didn't even try um, other than my husband and went right back into the shell. But still dreaming, dreaming, like, oh yeah, I think I want to, I'd love to do this. I'd love to try this, but I don't know how. And remember, you're not good enough. Remember, you don't, you're not good enough for that. 
That's what I kept telling myself. So I, I have a question. Yes. Um, you are definitely not chunky now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're not. I, no, I, okay. I'm just, just letting everybody know I've met Kara in person. She's not chunky. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, when did the, the chunkiness shift occur or did it, had it occurred yet in college? Um, yes, to some extent. Yes. Yes. And I would say even in middle school that started to get better as far as the chunkiness, okay. but, it, but I, I've always been like up and down, up and down, up and down. Okay. And, um, so therefore that thought stayed in my mind Got because it. sometimes I was up, sometimes I was down, Yeah, you know, and, um, but still, even when I lost everything I wanted to lose, that thought was still in my head, you know, and here's where I learned about the voices in the head and, um, that, but I didn't learn those until late in life, to be honest with you. And, um, it, it's kind of a, a gradual, the thing that led to this other thing that led to this other thing. And then I finally opened up, but, um, I really, part of my breakthrough, unfortunately happened, um, was a terrible tragedy in my family. And, um, mm. it's, but it's part of the story and it actually was a breakthrough for me. Um, unknown at the time, of course, but I, um, after I finished college, I, like I said, I had my first child before I even graduated and I loved being a mom. I loved it. Loved it so much. And then I had another child and then I had another child and, um, I had already decided I wanted to be a stay at home mom. Absolutely loved it. Wow. But I still in the back of my head was like, Oh man, I would love to be in movies. I would love to be an actress, but remember you don't know how, and you're not good enough. So just, but you know how to be in <laughs> your chunky. Yeah, that's right. In your chunky. Stop it. Get over yourself already. So, um, so, uh, I, I love to be a mom, but then I began to think my kids were getting in their preteens and I thought you are not doing anything with your degree. You're not doing radio, television, film. You're not doing drama. You're not doing anything right now. So maybe you should start thinking about doing that. And I thought there's something, something that keeps nagging at me to do that. And I didn't really understand what that was at the time. I mean, I knew what it was, but I didn't understand why I was having the nagging. Um, then I began to think, I think I'd like to get back into voiceover. I did a little bit of that in college. Um, I started talking to my father about that. And I was like, you know, I, I've been thinking about doing this. And he's like, yeah, you definitely should do that. Start, start doing, you know, do things that you enjoy. And I was like, yeah, I think I will. Well, then out of the blue, of course, this is how these things go. Um, my father, unfortunately, was killed by a drunk driver. Just like one day. Your father? My father, yeah. Oh my yeah, God. I know it was in 2008. So I'm so sorry. Well, yeah, thank you. But it, you know, it was, um, I tell this story only because, because I don't, it's, it's not, you know, it, it was it's a long time ago now, but it's still, you know, it's pain still there. But the, what happened was this was the beginning, the Genesis of my unfolding just was, it just was. Um, wow. be because I realized, oh, I always get emotional, but, um, it's okay. <laughs> uh, you I know just, what Glenn, Glenn says about tear ducts. God, God didn't accidentally install those. That's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, um, yeah, I realized 
my God, you can just be minding your own business and you can be taken off this planet in a second. And what if I never at least tried to do what my heart wanted me to do? And so that was the beginning. And it's still, it Mm. took a little while, but little pieces of me began to unfold. And, um, so then I, um, I did one of the scariest things I'd ever done. And that was ask someone advice. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? And it was a man at my church and, uh, he happened to be the announcer for the Dr. Phil show. And I had this wonderful voiceover voice. And I just said, I'd like to ask you, um, how did, how did you get into voiceover? You know, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to have to ask you. Well, it turns out people who are really passionate about what they do love to talk about themselves like this kind of a thing. I love to talk about myself. Um, you know, we like to talk about it. It's, you know, because we're excited about it. And um, so he was like, of course, yeah, you should totally do it. You have, you have a great voice. You also have a great look for, for television. Why don't you think about that? No, I was thinking that's just really. And you think I could. And um, so, uh, so, so he kind of got me on that path. And then the second scariest thing was he told me what, who to go to for voiceover lessons and for acting lessons. He said, you have to do acting lessons. And I thought, oh, I thought you could just like jump into acting. And um, it turns out, no, it doesn't work like that usually. So I jumped into acting lessons and that was about 11 years ago, probably maybe 12. And, um, and then as soon as I did that, then I, you know, I did lessons for, for a while. And then I started doing some auditioning and terrified the whole time, but step-by-step I started, you know, started meeting people who took me to the next level, who told me about the next thing, who told me about background work, who told me about this website that you go to, to look for auditions. And I was meeting people and networking and building upon that relationship. And, um, slowly, then I began to, realize this, I love this so much. I mean, it was like my oxygen. And that's when I realized something that I is, I'm so passionate about now. And that is that there's some people out there that don't know mm. that they can actually do whatever it is that they want to do. And I, I feel so strongly that everyone has a dream. They may not own up to it. They may not tell you what it is because I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk about it. I was too embarrassed to talk about it. And then, cause if I say I want to be right. an actor, they're going to say, Oh, remember you're not good enough for that. Right. Um, so everyone has a dream. You just have to, um, then the thing is when you have the dream, there's always going to be a fear or a resistance to it because you don't know about it yet. You don't know how to do it. Yep. You know, so there's going to be resistance. And I, I love talking to people who are kind of right on that line. Like, I really would like to do this. Yes, do it, do it. Do what your heart is telling you to do. Because what I realized was I was living, even though I loved my life, I loved my children, I loved my husband, I was living an unlived life because I, once I started acting, that's what I wanted. That's what my heart was telling me to do this whole time. And I didn't listen. I have a question for you. Yes um about the um <laughs> that's Kara not Ken hey I can sing and I now have an acting background that's right buddy wasn't much um so <laughs> so 
<laughs> Glenn said, ever since Ken was in, he's been insufferable. <laughs> like, I don't even mention that to people. Um, but so I hate to, I want to ask this because yeah. you had this epiphany that, you know, when your father, and I'm not trying to ask your age, but I'm curious how old you were when, when all of that unfolded for you, it started yeah. to unfold. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't typically tell my age, but I feel like right now this is really appropriate because a lot of people figure these things out way earlier than me. And I didn't. Yeah. And I want people to know that that's okay. You know, because once I figured out what it was that I wanted to do, oh my gosh, everything is, I'm, I'm free. You know, I feel more excited about that. My father was killed. Um, yeah, exactly. Mm, wow. Um, my father was killed when I was, um, hold on. Blah, 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 blah. You don't have to give an exact I, age. Well, but, I, no, but. it's so I, around 42, 41, 42, somewhere okay. in there. Okay. So, oh, and wow. I've been doing this for, you know, yeah, a while plus years. Yeah. So do the math. But anyway, uh, I was, I would say, honestly, I was 45 before I really went wait a minute. I'm not really, this is what I really want to be doing. This is it. And okay. Um, so, so I'm just going to say, I, if I would guess you to be in your thirties right now. So holy sh crap. So, um, wow. Okay. The, I, I've got to, we've got to stop for a second here because I want, I want this to, I really want this to resonate with people watching. Um, I just moved to Dallas and, and well, I'm way north of Dallas, but anyway, um, that's a huge step and I'm 54 years old and, and it is a huge life change to uproot your family and just move. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Um, but, but you found your calling in your forties. Mm-hmm. You didn't find it. You finally said, <laughs> okay, you surrendered to it. I guess. Yeah, that's, right. Word, right? that's right. It's never too late. No, never, never. That's exactly right. And that's why I thought, yeah, you know, okay, let's time. Let's, let's just say it because that's exactly right. It's, it's never too late. And I've proven that to myself. And I've also proven that it doesn't matter what the obstacle is. It doesn't matter if it's age. It doesn't matter if it's weight. It doesn't matter if it's money. Did I have money when I started doing acting? No, absolutely not. Do I, you know, not even now, but I'm just, you know, taking acting classes um, takes a lot of takes a lot of funds, but there's also a lot of free stuff too. So I love to talk to people who are just kind of getting into it and, um, it's a passion. You know, you get out there and you do passion projects that don't even pay and you just kind of start doing it. And because it feels so good yeah. to be working on something and, and bringing a story to life that is important to you, or, you know, you want to, you want to bring a message, um, into the world, uh, something that you feel is very important. Um, but that's correct. It's never too late. It really does not matter the obstacle. Um, and I dare anyone to tell me an obstacle. I will tell you how to get over it. <laughs> Amen. I, I, I love, love, love this story. So, so you, um, 
where weren't we did we get past fiddler on the roof did we did we get past all and am i saying roof we, roof or roof? roof roof i say roof roof yeah. yeah um so you you did that it it went really well and and that's where you just said i'm gonna keep doing theater stuff and and all of that though that's for right quite a while yeah, i didn't i didn't quite jump in with both feet it honestly yeah. was not until my father was killed that i thought oh i gotta jump in now i can't i really just can't that's really all it was i mean it, that's amazing it just was i mean that's what gave me the determination and uh, the commitment because I thought, oh my gosh, I'm already in my 40s and I haven't done anything that I've really, really wanted to do. Nothing. And I was that that gave me the commitment. It's it's amazing to me that something so tragic can yeah. can almost be looked at as a, a gift yeah. of sorts. That, I know that, that's a terrible way to put it. No, I no, it you know, but it's it's true, isn't it? That um, when we're at our lowest moments, yeah. that's when we learn. Yeah, and sometimes climbing back out of those every little step to climb back out of it yeah. is where we're building up ourselves and um, and learning from that. So. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, those lowest moments to people who you know, always makes me so sad to hear about people who are so um, depressed, you know, and, and suicide is an issue. And I'm just like, oh, sweetheart, it's your lowest moment is the beginning. Yeah. It really is. It, it really is. Wow. Yeah. Um, there's all kinds of, of comments. And I can't, in here. can't wait to. I'll yeah. See. I know Just <laughs> so, so <laughs> you were in your mid forties, you decided to get into acting lessons. And is that when you met Glenn? How long? Oh, so I met, oh, Glenn, I love Glenn's story because I had, um, I got into acting lessons several years before I met Glenn. Um, but then a friend of mine and I were in a, a play together and he brought Glenn to the show. And I had heard of Glenn and his class before, yeah. but guess what? That little inner voice of mine was saying, you can't be in Glenn's class. There's no <laughs> way you can be in Glenn's class. He's going to see right through you. And, um, and he'll know you're chunky. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry. I, just, I find that so funny because you are not chunky. Like, well, but it's it's insane. Well. Oh my God, we've got the Phantom of the Opera. My buddy James Barber is on here watching. He was Phantom for three years on Broadway and Beast and Beauty and the Beast for seven years. Oh my gosh, he's one of my best friends in the world, and he loves your story. So that's incredible. Yeah, he that's can sing. Oh. <laughs> trust, trust me, he can sing. It's amazing. Oh, I, apparently, yes. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. No. So yeah. Glenn, um, so Glenn came to, um, the show that we were doing okay. and, um, my, we were backstage waiting to go take our, our bows. And my friend said, uh, Eric, Eric Hansen, actually, um, one of my besties, he said, Hey, my acting coach is here. Would you like to meet him afterwards? And I was like, who's your acting coach? Glenn Morshaw. I was like, Oh yes, I'd love to meet him. Uh, right? Of course. <laughs> and, um, so then I came out, I came out after the show to meet him. 
people were just swarmed, swarmed around him. I, I was like, I'm never going to, he's going to leave. I'm never going to get to meet him. And then he just starts walking over towards me. And, um, I was like, oh my God, here he comes. He's walking right at me. And, um, so <laughs> he's going to call me chunky. I know he is. <laughs> You're a fake and chunky. So, um, anyway, but he was so wonderful. And he was so You're wonderful. Fake. And exactly. <laughs> I swear, it's so dumb. And um, all those negative voices, that negative chatter it. in your head. I know, Get it out. I love it. Get it out. So um, anyway, we met. He was just so kind, had loved, said, said really nice things about my my performance. And um, so I was like, wow, are you talking, are you talking to me? I, that's someone else. Someone else. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, I'm not even lying. Um, but anyway, we uh, he encouraged me to come to his class as he always says, not because I needed new students. He just, you know, yeah. and I'm telling you, I started going to his class. I went to one just to kind of try it out. Loved it. Loved it. And that is, that is another unfolding of me that happened from meeting Glenn and being in his class because it just, it's not just about acting. It's no. about mindset. And that's what this girl needed. I needed the mindset. I'd never been taught anything like that before. My parents are lovely, wonderful people, but they didn't know about that, you know? And so I learned about mindset and how you think about yourself and how important that is. And the negativity is just going to keep you down, you know? And that's, I never really knew. I, I, that's another thing that I learned was that other people hear those voices too. They hear those voices of you are so ugly. You're so chunky, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you're not any good. You can't do any of those things. I didn't know that that was not really our voice. That's just our old story that tries to keep coming up. And so um, learning about negativity was just, just so important to, um, to my growth and being in Glenn's class just, I just soared. I just soared. I mean, and it changed my acting because of learning about mindset. Yeah. Um, so I am just, he is my hero for, for changing that in me. And in all of the students, I mean, the people who are in his class all feel the same way. We're just like, how did we not know this beforehand? It's, it's beautiful. I, you know, first I echo everything you said about Glenn, although he hasn't done much for my acting career because I'm not an actor. <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey, you know, though, look, I, in, in reality is I've done hundreds of shows with Glenn on live stream like this. Yeah. And um, he has helped me in many, many ways okay. with my, my on-camera presence, like just being more present and authentic and, you know, which I kind of always have been anyway, but he really has helped me hone that. So there's not, there's not many people that come in contact with Glenn Morshower and spend any amount of time with him that can walk away and say, yeah, that guy didn't do anything for me. There's no way. <laughs> no, I, they're, they're delusional or, or narcissistic or something. <laughs> if they, you know, he's just, he's impactful. So, um, and I'm so grateful that, that I've met you through Glenn as well as so many other amazing people. Um, but so, so talk about, 
and you kind of have you've touched on this but mm-hmm. i like to get into um and gosh we're only 35 minutes and i feel like we've been on here for a long time like that's crazy um but you know talk about the um those voices and mm-hmm. and how they the moments where the voices did hold you back like because i've had it happen where it's like i could have taken that risk i could have taken that chance but yeah. those voices told me, you know, I wasn't good enough to even attempt. So I didn't. Right. How, how well, many things have you gone through with that? Oh, I, I can't even, um, I don't even, you know, all of my early years up until I was 45, honestly, were, were all those voices. They really oh were. Wow. And it just, it just kept me down constantly. And, um, but I didn't know, I didn't know that that was a voice. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I thought that was, um, you know, what I was supposed to be hearing because I wasn't enough. Um, now the, now there's two different voices. Here's what I think and what I know for myself to be true is that there's two different voices. You have the negative voices, but you also have the, the whispers as Glenn calls them, those little nudgings that are trying to tell you to do something, but then that it's like the devil and the angel, you know, that sit on your shoulders and, um, the negative voice is telling you how terrible you are and how stupid you are or whatever, whatever the voice is telling you. Um, And then, but you also have these whispers. And so what I've learned to do those, you know, those negative voices kept me away from so many opportunities. I just, you know, I know because I would just instantly like, no, I, I can't do that. I'm not even, it's not even possible that I can do that because I don't have a clue how to do that. Um, But I didn't listen to the whispers that were saying, but we want you to, we want you to try. We love this stuff. Look at you light up when you watch this movie or you do this thing. And so learning to tune out those voices was gigantic for me. And I definitely have, it's funny because I've been thinking about that recently because occasionally they, they try to rear their head. I don't know that they ever fully go away, but sometimes I'll, a little voice will pop in and say something and I'm thinking, please, get out of here. What are you trying to do? <laughs> but um, so it is kind of funny to hear them pop up every once in a while. But now I listen to the whispers instead uh, to the to the voice that's saying you have this thing that you want to do. And that's what I want people to to realize is tune out those negative voices because they're real. They're really not you. They're really not. They're they're stories that people have told you that bullies told you that maybe someone in your family who who possibly wanted the best for you, but didn't know how to explain it and just said, you can't do that. Don't don't do that. Don't leave. Don't do those things. Stay here, you know? And it's not because they don't want you to succeed. I I guess in some cases there may be um, uh, one of the things I can't remember exactly how Glenn puts it, but you know, people don't always want you to outshine them. They want you to shine, but not outshine them. And when you start to do that, they might start to say some things, you know, that aren't encouraging. Um, and those negative voices, uh, also, if you're around people that are negative, you're going to keep hearing those negative voices. And that's one of the first things that I learned was, oh, my gosh, listen to all these people that say these negative things. And I used to sit and listen to them like, oh, yes, tell me more. And it was just <laughs> awful, you know. And now um, I was in a situation a couple of years ago. And unfortunately, I was in a, a play, actually. And I could not leave because I was in the group and while we were getting dressed and stuff, and there was so much negativity in there. And I was like, I can't listen to this. I don't listen to this thing anymore. And so now I love that I can 
when I rec I recognize negativity and that energy is just not something I want. And I don't want to be a part of that either. I don't want to be responsible for someone else's negative energy. So that's another thing that I love. I like to be responsible for my energy that goes out into the world and I want it to be positive. Am I positive all the time? Of course not. You know, yesterday I had a moment where I got up mad about something, but then we, you know, we get better about snapping out of those things, but um, you know, be responsible for the energy that you bring to the world and, and try to keep that negativity out and listen to the good voices. Those whispers. I have a somewhere in my office. I don't know where I have this thing that was made um, that I made that Oprah had hanging in her office. Yes. Be responsible for the energy you bring into bring this to space. Yes. Yes. And that is actually I've, I've heard her talk about that. I think it was a woman who had suffered a stroke. The story was because uh, that's what I'm remembering now. Um, and and the woman did not want to hear anything about how she couldn't do anything. Right. And apparent and and she was able to because I I think they were saying you're not going to talk or walk again. I don't remember what this the story was, but that was she did not want to hear any of that because she had a mission of recouping you know herself and recovering from everything, which um, ultimately she did. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's so important to, to take responsibility for your own life. And, and I find it incredibly tragic that your father was killed by a drunk driver. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I also, I sit here and I wonder if, if the real Kara Rayner would have ever, um, been birthed had it, had it not been for that you know so um i'm sorry but i'm also like happy that it woke you up yeah who you really are that's yeah yeah i have to share something i'm i'm going to share something um when i was um co-starring i'm kidding but (laughs) i was the extra in the movie that you and glenn starred in yes um i was um in, in between, uh, I guess they're called takes. In between takes or sure. whatever, um, I was at, I went out to look for a restroom, and and I I come up on you and Glenn standing by a Christmas tree in this church. <laughs> it's a beautiful church, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but and and you're singing, and you're you're is it harmonizing? Is that what it's called? Yes, Glenn was harmonizing yeah. with 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 yeah. me. <laughs> and and I think it, well, I was I arrived in the last ten seconds maybe of 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 you doing Silent Night together, and I was like, okay, wait a minute, I've got to go get my phone. You guys have to do that again. I'm recording that, and you both said, go get it. We'll do it again. <laughs> I was like, no way, this is not happening. So I ran back into the 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 sanctuary. I'm like, where's my phone? And I get my phone. I run back out. And I want to share. Do you mind me sharing this? No, no, I would love for you to. I want to share this. I sh- Glenn and I shared it last night on our live uh-huh. stream. Um, but I want to share this with everyone because it is just amazing. <laughs> and everybody needs to hear this. So this is Glenn Moore Shower and Kara Rayner 
harmonizing <laughs> together silent night and i'm going to play it right now so here we go listen to that i don't know three four thousand times oh my gosh <laughs> i'm kidding it's it's just amazing what a special moment and wow. look who we've got watching right now micah <laughs> the producer <laughs> of <laughs> of the movie that you guys were just yes doing. that's right micah's yeah. a sweetheart you are uh he's a an amazing amazing human i i need to get micah on this show too oh you I? do yeah so let me ask you, um, I, I always ask a couple of, of very important questions toward the end. Um, the first question is, I do think having money or not having money is related to um, happiness. <laughs> I, I really do. People are like, money won't buy you happiness. And I'm like, "That's you're saying that because you're broke. Um, <laughs> But, you know, the, what do you think, in your opinion, what do you think holds people back from two things? Number one, real financial success in life. Mm -hmm. And number two, freedom, happiness. Wow. That is a good, those are good questions. Um, well, first financial freedom, um, that's a, that's a hard question because, you know, I think what is financial freedom? <laughs> Obviously I know what that is, but I mean, um, I think what I'm, where I'm trying to come from is, you know, I'm, I'm not wealthy by any means whatsoever, but I feel like um, what I'm doing now with my life, uh, even though, you know, I'm kind of on, I'm kind of on the early side of getting into acting. I've been doing that for 11 years. So not a lot of money being made yet, but, um, but I think having, you know, doing what I really love is allowing me to put my money into priorities where they need to go. Um, and, and currently my, I'm, I'm very fortunate. My husband, uh, works, works and I, occasionally get to work <laughs> and contribute, but, um, he's definitely, um, my number one 
person to help, you know, get this, this career off. Um, but financial freedom uh, and ultimately happiness, I, I really feel like it comes down to discovering what it is that you love. Because I think if you're doing a job that you truly love, number one, you should be able to come into where you're going to financially begin to, to grow. Yeah. Uh, whatever that is, if it's a nurse, if it's a teacher, if it's an artist, you know, and, and then the happiness comes from actually living the way your heart is wanting you to live. So, um, you know, this is coming from someone who isn't wealthy by any means, but, but knowing that you're living in your purpose, you're living as you're called to live, um, and, and, and not to ignore that, mm. um, will allow for the happiness to begin to unfold as it did for me, because I did ignore that. Um, pay attention to that. I, I've heard people say, you know, what is it that you want to do? I think I mentioned this earlier and some people say, I don't know. I don't believe that. Number one, I believe you do know deep down in your heart, this is the deepest secret inside your heart. What is it? Uh, what, what would you do if money were not a question? If you didn't have to worry about money, what is it that you would do? And I think that's where you're going to find your calling or your purpose if you don't know what that is. And then just begin to figure that out. Um, and I think eventually you're obviously going to come to your happiness because you're going to be living the way that your heart is directing you to live. That can change. You know, tomorrow I may wake up and think, oh, I love acting, but I also love teaching. Maybe I would like to start doing that. You know, I think it, it could change, but I think you need to not don't ignore what you're being told in your heart. Not the negative voices. Don't listen to those. But the true, true um, heart, that the, the true love that lies in your heart of a whatever that passion is a gift. It's your gift that you need to allow to open up. And I think that will take you to a financial freedom um, you know, like for me, you know, we, we do okay, but we're still, you know, I still use a lot of money for classes and for yeah. driving all over the country, whatever it takes. Yeah. But for me, it works because this is what, this is what I want to do. And this is how I express my passion. And that is saying yes. So I think, um, saying yes to what it is you love going out, not being afraid. Don't let the resistance slow you down. I think you're going to come to what it is that makes you happy. And ultimately that will come to your financial freedom because you're either making enough that makes you happy yeah. or you're making more because you're doing what it is that you love. I love that answer. I, you know, there was a time when my wife and I first met, I, I had had my company for a couple of years and um, we decided to team up and, and work together and we opened up our first office, like real office location. And um, I had a handful of employees and I'm on the phone one day talking and this guy, and I've told this story before, but this guy comes walking into my office that worked for me, this big old boy. And he says, um, Hey, there's somebody looking in the windows of your SUV in the parking lot. And I'm like, you're bigger than me. Go kick his butt, man. Get him out of here. And he's like, he's got it blocked with a tow truck. And I'm like, tow truck. Oh, oh gosh. Oh no. <laughs> and and so I, I can laugh about it now, but I'm I'm gonna tell you in the moment, um, 
you know, trying to convince the repo man to not repo your car in front of your employees that are depending on you for a paycheck um, were it, it's, it was the most humiliating moment of my life. And, of and I remember thinking, what's the point of being here? Like, what's the point? Why even go on? So my question with that story is mm -hmm. if, if somebody, you know, I've had my electric turned off. I've had, mm -hmm. I've had, I've had all of the stuff, <laughs> right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, what if, if somebody's watching or listening to this, that they go, you know, I'm at the end of my rope. I don't know what else to do. Um, as we know, during COVID suicide rates just skyrocketed, yeah. you know, globally, not just here in the U S but like, what if somebody's watching and they're like, they, they feel like just giving up, they've lost all hope. And they yeah. called you and said, I don't know what to do. What would you say to them? Oh, you know, I guess the first thing that makes me very emotional. Um, honestly, the first thing is to take a breath, take a moment. There's, there's, you know, no reason to make any rash decisions. I've been in, I've right. been in terrible spots too. I've been without electricity. Um, we all have our stuff. We all have our things. Some are worse than others. Some seem like it's, you know, impossible to get out of, but, you know, just knowing learning from the tragedy that we had to go through with my family. Um, and, and honestly, that was just the beginning because for my mother, that was, you know, that's a whole nother segment, <laughs> you know, getting through that and helping her begin to maneuver through her life. Yeah. But um, taking a breath, stop. Everyone has problems. And again, like I said earlier, at your lowest moment, it truly is the beginning. There's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to look for it and you may not be able to see it today or tomorrow or the next day. You really just have to stop and um, take a breath. I, I, there was someone not too long ago that I don't remember the instance or what it was. It doesn't matter, but it was just like, just focus on this breath right now. That's all. Let's just focus on this breath. That's it. Okay. Now let's focus on this next breath. And I think it's just bringing yourself to, to calm down, to know that everyone has problems. There's, there's always someone worse off than you are. Yeah. I, I know that's said, but it's true. And, and just know that it's not the end. It's literally the beginning. It's, it's a low point, figure it out. You can figure out how to get through it. I know there's, there's been times I'm like, I have no money. There's no way to pay this but it works it you eventually get to the point where you can work you work it out and you figure it out you just have to continue to say yes to life you have to continue to say yes to opportunities that come your way and not ignore them and because yeah. even you know and and also something so low is a learning moment for you it, there there's some there's something to learn and and that's another thing that i've been able to say now is when something bad happens, what am, what do I need to learn from this? There is something that I need to learn. Yeah. And you just have to be aware of that. I think being aware of what is it you need to learn, being aware that this is not the end. And those are not everyone knows those things. They don't they're not, you know, uh, they're, they're not taught that. So that's just something over my many years of life um, that I have now 
learned. And is there more for me to learn? Absolutely. There's more. Um, but, um, I feel like I have some grounding now to where if something, you know, tragic ever happens again, I know it's okay to be upset. You know, it's okay to, um, to have emotions about something to, you know, you need to cry for a while. Let's do that. Let's do that. But it's not the end. You know, you just reminded me, I, I just did a, um, huge event with my buddy Ramey, um, on zoom the other night. And, and we went through this, this Steve jobs video of mm -hmm. Steve jobs speaking, um, to Stanford. And it was one of his, it's his most famous speech of all time. And he says in this video, he says, as you look back over your life and it's, it's hard to, if you're in the moment of holy crap, my electric's getting shut off tomorrow if I don't pay this. Or, you know, it's hard to, to see it. But there will come a moment, and I've experienced this moment, and I, I try to reflect and experience this daily, but there's a moment where you can look back and all of a sudden you see all the dots connecting. You're like, oh my, that's why that, because if that wouldn't have happened, then this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And the dots start connecting. That's correct. Yeah. I and you can't that. connect the dots looking forward. You can, he says that you can only connect the dots by looking mm -hmm. back at the events and you're like, okay, I get it now. And mm -hmm. I see that with you. I see that in your story and, mm -hmm. and the tragedies that led to, you know, you becoming the amazing woman and actress that you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it definitely, you know, those things definitely set me on a path and got me to the next point, to the next point, to the next point. And, um, I'm just, I'm looking forward to, to what's next. That's awesome. My buddy, Glenn Bill says there he's a, he's a millionaire, plenty of miserable millionaires. And he's correct. There are, that's what I hear. There are plenty of them. That's true. <laughs> Um, but I, I, again, I think that, um, you're on the right track. I think you're, you're an amazing woman. I'm so grateful to Glenn for introducing us. Thank you, Glenn. If you're watching Glenn Morshower, um, and, um, Kara, I'm excited to see what's, what's coming for you. I think some amazing things are coming. Me too. I, I know they are. I don't know what they are, um, but I'm expecting them. And um, it's just getting better because my, you know, my, ex, ex, uh, my confidence, my exposures, you know, just get, but that's how it works. You know, the more you're in it, the more you hustle, the more you get. And that's so right. Um, right. just, I'm ready, ready for it. That's awesome. Well, thank you. I'm going to end the live stream. Thank you for being Ooh. on here today and sharing your and being so transparent and loving and just kind. Thank you so much, Kara. You're, You're amazing. Welcome. I loved it. So thank much fun. You. Thank you. And thank you to everybody who has watched and shared this out. And um, yeah, thank you all. Appreciate you all. Thank you, Carrot. Stay with me and we will see you all later. Thanks so much. Bye. Happy New Year, by the way. Yes. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.